0: Hi everyone, my name is Dr. Michael Wald and you're listening to Ask the Blood Detective. I want to welcome you to today's show, which is focused on a very fundamentally important part of your anatomy that relates to health and disease. And those would be the adrenal glands. You have two adrenal glands. So why don't I start first with a definition of what the adrenal glands are. And what I'll do during this show is that I'll share uh, some fundamental aspects of how the adrenal glands work, how they help the body modify what's known as the stress response, whether it's how we deal with, manage, or modify, psychological stress, or physical stress, or the stress of toxins in the environment or toxins in our own bodies, the effects of nutritional imbalances, and ultimately, the health of your adrenal glands determines your susceptibility to a wide range of diseases and what I call diseases or dysfunctions. And those are conditions that are not categorized as diseases, let's say chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, things like that, headaches but they play on the body's overall level of health and well-being. I'm going to go as far to say that you can work on every gland of the body, the liver, the intestinal tract, the central nervous system, including the brain, the cardiovascular system, the hormonal system, the lymphatic system. But if you do not pay attention, focused attention to your adrenal glands, then the whole house of cards can easily crumble. So I'd like you to think about the adrenal glands as essential, fundamental parts of your body that when are not doing well, everything else simply falls apart. Now in traditional medicine, there are two main conditions that are recognized in terms of adrenal function and they're known as Cushing's disease which is a hyper adrenal condition, too much disease. That's what Cushing, too much ad- adrenal function, I should say, too much adrenal hormones, that's Cushing's disease. And on the other end of the spectrum, there's the low end of the spectrum, the hypoadrenal function, and that condition is called Addison's disease. And we'll speak a little bit more about those in a moment. But the reason I'm distinguishing for you what's recognized in traditional medicine, namely those two conditions, Cushing's disease, which is too much adrenal function, and Addison's disease, which is too little, is that the spectrum of adrenal health in between those two, in between Cushing's disease, and in between Addison's disease, the spectrum of adrenal adrenal disorders here are far more prevalent than either Cushing's disease or Addison's disease. And what makes this so strange to me in my 28 years of experience is that traditional medicine has seems to have no concept that you can have different levels of adrenal dysfunction that are tending to move towards the hyper side or tending to move towards the hypo side. They really believe that there is only hyper and only hypo. And many of you have experienced that this is a, a phenomenon or a concept in medicine that is not that does not just pertain to the adrenal glands. In other words, think of the thyroid gland. Most of us here, if you've heard my show about the thyroid, you know that there are different levels of thyroid dysfunction. There's hyperthyroidism, what's known as Graves' disease, and there's hypothyroid function, which is hypothyroidism. And an example, the most common example of hypothyroidism is an autoimmune disorder of the thyroid known as Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Now think of it this way. Now you're listening to a show called Ask the Blood Detective, and you know that I am the blood detective, Dr. Wald. What I detect in laboratory are things that are not commonly appreciated in general medicine. I'll give you an example of how this relates to thyroid that we've just talked about. Did you know that When your thyroid function becomes dysfunctional, let's say it's failing, it's becoming hypo, that, of course, your common sense should tell you that could take weeks to happen, maybe exposure to a virus, or it can take months or years. And as that dysfunction, that failing of the thyroid happens, the blood work, the thyroid hormones, and also another hormone from the anterior pituitary gland in the brain, or the brain stem. Uh, becomes high. But before the labs change, you have to lose approximately 40% of your thyroid function before the slightest sign, the slightest evidence or proof of your thyroid failure shows up on your blood tests. So many of you have experienced, and I've certainly seen many of you and others that have come to me, and they have all the signs or lots of signs of hypothyroidism but their laboratory work looks normal. And the conundrum there is not really a conundrum when you think about what I just said. A person will experience symptoms at any given time, and their laboratory work can lag behind many, many years, even decades. So these poor individuals are running around from doctor to doctor, the best doctors they'll tell me, they'll sit across from me and they'll say, Dr. Wald, I've been everywhere, I have had every test, And they've said to me that there's nothing wrong with me. So they want to give me antidepressants. Simply because the mindsets of these physicians, who I have no doubt are well-intentioned and intelligent people, is such that they do not see these, what I call, percentages of diseases. So one of the ways that I get around finding hidden problems that are actually in plain sight let's say like a common condition of hypothyroidism or hypoadrenalism, is by comparing your blood results not only to those blood results that you see on a standard lab sheet of, of a lab report you've all had your blood work done you've had your cholesterol done and your CBCs and all these different things done your glucose maybe your thyroid maybe even adrenal hormones and your results are compared to ranges of what are considered normal. And those ranges are comparing you to average people your age and sex. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never met an average individual. An average 70-kilogram man, an average 60-kilogram woman, that's not who walks in my office. Who Who comes to me are individuals. So I'm not interested in averages. But I would compare your blood work to ranges that are based upon comparing you to healthier individuals. So for example, if you're 50, 55, 60, 65, 70, 75, whatever, I wouldn't just compare you to a man or a woman your age, because have you looked at the health of other men and women your age? Why would I want to compare you to their average ranges on a blood test from some national laboratory? Again, those ranges are based on averages. They're not based on healthy individual ranges. A healthy person is going to have different normals than an average person. You'll need to look out for my new book coming out next year, Your New Normal, all about that. So I hope I've just established one very important concept. If you've had laboratory work done and you're told it's normal or not really remarkable, or yeah, there's a few abnormals on it, but they don't really explain what's going on with you, and you have... So let me digress for a moment to, well, what are some of the signs and what are some of the symptoms of adrenal fatigue in the first place? Now, bear in mind that the symptoms of weak adrenals, which we'll call the same as adrenal fatigue, are very similar to many other conditions. You'll see what I mean in a minute. So the first sign of adrenal fatigue, meaning it's just very common in low adrenal function, is fatigue. So the body has only so many ways to show symptoms. And when we don't have the proper hormones and there are hormone imbalances in adrenal fatigue, then we have fatigue which is generalized. And that fatigue may be non-restorative fatigue. Before I continue, for those of us just joining us, my name is Dr. Michael Wald. I'm the Supervisor of Nutrition at my office in uh, Mount Kisco, New York, located in Westchester County, and now we're north of New York City. And uh, for those of you who wanna reach me with show ideas or to become uh, a patient of mine, you can call me at 914-552-1442 or email me those show ideas or your questions at info at and you can check out my website at intmedny.com com or blooddetective.com and look at the blog section. The blog section has all my radio shows and you can just click on the titles. So we're talking about adrenal function and how the adrenal glands are the fundamental glandular system in the body that regulates our response to the world. And that means all the stress in the world and of course our internal stress. Now today's show I will be focusing on nutritional ways to manage adrenal fatigue because they're fundamental for recovery. But of course, we all know, common sense tells us that lots of things have to do with how we manage stress. Now, when we talk about psychological stress, we might have to improve our coping skills, how we deal with exposure to certain life events, that we internalize in a particular way based on our life experience and and other factors, and and how ultimately our internalization of the external world plays out in our health and or our level of disease. Wow, that was a lot. (laughs) You know, the thing about stress, psychological stress, you know, because there's different types of stress as we mentioned, there's psychological, emotional stress, there's physical stress, there's biochemical stress, there's a stress of toxins, But ultimately, all that stress must impact and does impact our adrenal glands in either a measurable way that you can see on uh, laboratory testing or not in a measurable way. So I was talking about what the symptoms are of adrenal fatigue and a person will experience these more or less at different times in their lives or through the week or through the month or over the course of years. In other words, they can fade in, they can fade out. One we said fatigue it may be non-restorative fatigue, which means even though you're getting enough sleep, you don't seem to feel rested. That's non-restorative sleep. Another spe- specific sign of adrenal fatigue is the craving of salt, and the reason for that is the adrenal glands, along with the kidneys and their hormonal interrelationships, control sodium balance in the body. And one of the simple tests for detecting adrenal fatigue is actually chloride levels in the urine. Very simple test, a lot cheaper than these fancy saliva cortisol DHEA tests, which are a rip-off. So as the blood detective, as a you know an expert in lab, and I have written a 500-page laboratory book entitled The Anti-Aging Encyclopedia of tests, of laboratory tests, I can tell you that saliva cortisol DHEA levels are Uh, inaccurate. If you have the symptoms I'm about to tell you about on this list and and, uh, do some other simple tests that are usually covered by your insurance company, you will know if you have adrenal fatigue. But, and this is a big but, the most important way of evaluating the presence of adrenal fatigue, that means not the medical level of adrenal fatigue, which is the Addison's disease, or the Cushing's disease, but everything in the middle of those two conditions is actually one's response to specific questions on an adrenal questionnaire. So I have a blood detective questionnaire, and that questionnaire asks you questions and finds out a certain scoring in every single major compartment of the body. Why would I do that if I'm talking about just the adrenal glands? Well, we need to be very careful A holistically minded person, like most of you out there, and certainly myself, recognize inherently that the adrenal glands does not exist in a vacuum. If the adrenal glands function goes up, then the body must compensate in many ways. Some of them will be obvious, some will be subtle, some you may not ever see. And if your adrenal glands take a plunge in the hypoadrenal direction, then there will be compensations throughout the body. You know, the thyroid and hypothyroidism is very familiar with everyone listening to this show, no doubt. And we know about the thyroid, that the thyroid gets messages from the anterior pituitary gland by its secretion of thyroid-stimulating hormone. Now stick with me here. And there are also hormones in the anterior pituitary that not only control or send messages to the thyroid gland but also send hormonal messages to the adrenal glands. One of those hormone triggers in the pituitary for the adrenals is the adrenal corticotrophic hormone. Now we've already just connected folks the pituitary to the thyroid and to the adrenals and then there are yet other hormones and neurological ways and biochemical ways in which the adrenal glands and thyroid go back and forth between each other and go back and forth between how they talk to the anterior pituitary. So we have this anterior pituitary, thyroid, adrenal axis. So that is a well-known relationship that every endocrinologist on the planet knows. But it doesn't stop there. Those hormone Interactions, that orchestrated interaction that attempts to balance things out between the anterior pituitary, adrenal gland, and thyroid have other relationships to virtually every cell, tissue, organ, and organ system in the human body. So if someone wants to improve their health and they suspect that they have adrenal fatigue, they must suspect that there's a thyroid relationship to that adrenal fatigue. They must know that there is an anterior pituitary relationship to their adrenal fatigue and or their thyroid fatigue. Let's move on with the symptoms. I'll reiterate one more time. Fatigue, it's not restorative. The craving of salt because we have a lack of chloride in the urine. As the adrenals get weak, they spit off chloride. So a little salt actually can help the adrenal glands. And there of course are reasons not to take salt. And Another interesting thing about the adrenal glands, distinguishing them from weak thyroid function, is that a person with sluggish adrenal function would tend to have more energy at night than they do when they wake up. One of the adrenal hormones that is um, predominant in the morning hours is DHEA, dehydroepiandosterone. And that gives you wakefulness, a clarity of mind, even muscular power and other things. And as the day goes on and a person wakes up fatigued and or they have other symptoms of low adrenals, their cortisol levels, which tend to be too high in the morning, which are related to most symptoms of adrenal dysfunction, hypothyroidism, the adrenal uh, hormone cortisol tends to Plunge towards the evening, and when the cortisol level goes down, the person's energy tends to go up because higher cortisol levels are energy suckers. Now, remember, I said how saliva testing is essentially a waste for adrenal function. Some of you are thinking, but I got the test and it showed that I had high adrenal function or high cortisol, I should say, high cortisol levels, which are associated with low adrenal function. Or my saliva test showed that I had low DHEA, that's another adrenal hormone and do these fancy ratios, and it seemed to correlate with your health. Well, that does happen sometimes. Most of the time though, for those several hundred dollars you did for that test, the test doesn't say much. So I see people coming into me with these fancy colorful saliva hormone tests they've spent all this money on, and when I look at what they're doing for their adrenals, I'm not getting it. In other words, I'm not seeing how that testing made any difference. Folks, whenever you get a test, throughout your life for any health problem, you always want to ask the practitioner or doctor, will the result of this test change the way in which you think about me in terms of how you treat me, how we work together? If the answer is no, the testing will just cost you money or the testing will just give you a pretty report and we're going to treat you the way we treat everyone with suspected low adrenal function, then don't spend your money. On the other hand, I can tell you from again, doing what I'm doing for 28 years, that most individuals, the saliva tests simply do not reflect adrenal dysfunction. And if you're testing, if you actually yourselves got saliva testing for the adrenals and it did not show adrenal hypofunction, I wouldn't believe the test results anyway if you had non-restorative fatigue and you were craving salt and because you were getting more energy at night and you get dizzy when you get up, and your stress tolerance is on the low end of things, and or you're not healing well. You get sick easily. You have multiple health problems. Those are all adrenal signs. I'll say them once again. Fatigue that's non-restorative. Brain foggy stuff. You may crave salt. You tend to have more energy in the evening than you do in the day. You might experience dizziness when you get up too fast because the adrenals are stressed if you get up too fast and they can't accommodate their communication between what's known as your autonomic nervous system so you get up and blood doesn't get to your brain fast enough so you have this sort of reaction. What you you want to do for that by the way is you simply want to get up more slowly and be aware that this happens with you until you fix the problem. You have a reduced stress tolerance whether it's Tolerance to psychological stress or just physical stress. You know, you do a little bit of work and you're just exhausted. You can't tolerate exercise. You're a slow healer. You may have one or more chronic health problems. Folks, if you have a health problem, let's say you have high cholesterol, causes uh, you know, stiffening of your arteries, or you have high blood pressure, or you, have, uh, you bruise easily, or you have chronic headaches, an autoimmune disease, You have gastrointestinal problems that just don't go away, uh, gas, bloating, cramping, constipation. You might have a diagnosed disease like irritable bowel syndrome, uh, any neurologic condition, chronic hormonal problems. Even if these problems were not initially caused by weak adrenal glands that made you susceptible, well, all of that stuff I just mentioned will tax your adrenal glands, will make your adrenal glands weak. So, In every protocol that I provide, those that I work with, there's always a foundation of adrenal support. There must be. So when I see individuals come to see me and they do not have the proper adrenal support, I'm just astounded, particularly when there are individuals I've seen from, let's say, the radio show. Some of you come to me. uh, And uh, there's just no adrenal support in your protocols it makes no sense for for all the reasons i think everyone here should know so let me reiterate a few other things again everyone's talking about adrenal function out there few people know what it is and i'm letting you know that there are two medical conditions of adrenal dysfunction Cushing's and Addison's disease most of you don't have that you have something in between and that something in between may only be recognized by your answers to questionnaires which are That's a great way to figure things out, by the way, Uh, particularly when it's read by someone who can put these things in context. The symptoms and signs of adrenal fatigue that I just listed for you, you know, the fatigue and the slow healing and feeling lightheaded when you get up too fast, etc. Those can be caused by many other problems, yes, but the adrenal glands are always, always, always involved. If you want to speed up your healing, you need to speed up your adrenal gland function. Now, if you think you're going to do that, by taking some product that has written on the bottle, Adrenal Boost, you might be kidding yourself. So I'm gonna be talking about the specific herbs and other nutrients that are very fundamental for adrenal function and adrenal recovery. Now, you are an individual, so I can't know what you actually need for your adrenal functions. You might need, let's say, astragalus as part of it, or or licorice, for example, but I don't know the dose based on your lean body mass, or at the very least your weight. You know, dosing needs to be based on something other than what the side of the bottle says. So many people that I have met over the years, hundreds, thousands of people, they're taking the right things at the wrong dosing, and and things don't work. And then before you know it, five years goes by, 10 years goes by, 20 years goes by, goes by and they say to me as they sit in front of me in my office, say, I don't understand why I'm not better. Look at what I'm taking. And they look at what they're taking and they seem correct on paper, you know, on the side of that bottle. the All the good stuff is there. But if they don't adjust the dose for them, if it does not consider the stress of the individual, right? How can a person eat a certain way and take, let's say, nutrients for adrenal support or anything without... The dosing and the combinations and the types of those things being carefully based upon that person's life, right? Because when it comes to the adrenal glands, if you don't consider the the, the fact in my life, for example, that I am a runner, that's a stress on the body. And if the stress on the body exceeds the potential health benefit, then we have adrenal fatigue. So, I make sure to eat a certain way based on my body mass, based on some testing, and based on how I score on adrenal gland questionnaires. I will be posting my adrenal um, gland questionnaire under my blog. So I suggest that you, uh, in fact, what I'm gonna do is post my entire blood detective longevity questionnaire so you can really get a sense of how things are imbalanced or balanced in your body, including, of course, your adrenal glands. But if you think you're gonna take a glandular product orally and that's going to just magically improve your adrenal functions it just won't so the first thing we should cover is a bit more detail about what the adrenal glands are how how they work and then i'm going to get right into the different nutrients that you should use or think about at least when you consider your entire health plan for improving your adrenal glands and thus the rest of your health because When you improve your adrenal glands, you can make dramatic improvements in the entirety of your health for all of the reasons that we've talked about. So, a little basic anatomy here about the adrenals. But, once again, I want to welcome anyone just joining us. This radio show, everything about the adrenal glands, will be posted at blooddetective.com under the blog section. And also, you can find it under the archives at PRN. Those of you who want to reach me for show topics, you, of course, have given me this topic today, all about the adrenals, feel free to email me at info at And for those of you who'd like to work with me personally or face-to-face, I do phone consults, things of that nature, you can call me at 914-552-1442. So the adrenal glands are two glands. They're located at the top of each kidney. So if you think of your kidneys as your fists and your adrenal glands are actually about the size of your fists, and your thumbs on top of your fist, that would be exactly where the adrenal glands are located. So the adrenal glands produce hormones that help the body control stress. We've established that, different types of stressors. Remember, don't just go to psychological stress, it's physical stress too. And have us manage all kinds of other stressors we're exposed to, electromagnetic stress, toxic stress. But also the adrenals help us, help the body I should say, control blood sugar. They help us burn protein and fat, react to stressors like major illness or injury, and regulate blood pressure. And two of the most important adrenal hormones are cortisol and aldosterone. Now, the thing about hormone testing, folks, is that hormone testing is often not accurate. Even endocrinologists, hormone specialists, seem to be aware of this fact. Why? I'll explain it to you in the in a way that you'll understand. And this is not watering the explanation down at all you'll really get it so the way hormones are not accurate is this think of the room you're sitting in the air that's around you as the blood and think of any object fixate on any object in your room as the circulating hormone in the blood around you now let's say you're wearing armor on you right now a suit of armor if you take one of those objects, in front of me there's a pillow, so if I if I take that pillow and put it on top of me, that pillow is not gonna get through the armor. And because it's not getting through, if that hormone is cortisol and aldosterone, then the my body cannot be stimulated or react to the hormones because I have armor. What I'm trying to say is that commonly, a person can suffer from what seems like low adrenal function, low levels of certain adrenal hormones, even though their hormones measure normal in the room or in the blood because there's resistance to the hormone getting to the body. In that instance, that illustration I just showed you, what the resistance was the pillow that's in between, that's the hormone, but it can't get through the armor of my body. That's called hormone desensitivity or insensitif- insensitivity. So what commonly will happen, folks, is you might have a saliva test or blood test and it shows normal adrenal hormones. You might even show slightly high adrenal hormones, but you're really suffering from low adrenal hormone use because those hormones are not getting into the cell. There's hormone resistance. Now, that hormone has to get into the cell. It has to trigger receptor sites. Those are sort of like A lock on the door is the receptor site, and the key is the hormone. So the key, the hormone, has to activate the receptor site. And if it's insensitive, the body's pretty smart. It changes a bunch of other hormones, and it increases the blood level of those hormones. And that might squeeze through that receptor site and activate the cell. Maybe that's the cell of the brain, uh, reducing your brain fog, or maybe it's the the cells of your muscles increasing uh, muscle power, uh, or maybe it's the cells of the, the kidneys and the nervous system which affect blood pressure. So because this adrenal, or I should say hormone, insensitivity exists, no doctor in their right mind puts everything uh, in the saliva or blood hormone basket. They use their common sense. I use my blood detective holistic mindedness. When I'm looking at an individual, I'm looking at the whole person, but I'm not really just giving um, lip service to that. How do you look at the whole person? Well, one way is you use questionnaires, as I keep saying, that look at the whole body. The other way you would look at the whole person is you would have to have a conversation with that individual like I do about every major category of their life. What are they doing for work or in retirement? Do they exercise? What's that exercise? What are their stress? What's their personal stressors? What's their personal stripes? How is their diet? What are they eating? Um, Where do they live? Are they exposed to toxins in their environment? Everything needs to be looked at because everything affects the adrenals on one or another level. The adrenals you can think of as the thermometer of how the body manages different stressors. So back to the adrenal glands themselves. So these glands produce adrenaline, which is epinephrine, the stress hormone, and small amounts of sex hormones, which are called androgens. That's like DHEA and testosterone. So adrenal disorders can be caused by too much or too little of the hormone. We've said that. I talked about, for example, Cushing's syndrome is caused by an overproduction of cortisol. That's hyperadrenal or more commonly, the use of medications called glucocorticoids, uh, cortisol-like drugs, which are used to treat inflammatory disorders such as asthma or rheumatoid arthritis, will tend to raise those cortisol levels causing a drug-induced hypercortisolism. But we're not gonna talk anymore about too much adrenal function, because that's super rare. We're gonna now talk about only adrenal insufficiency. So adrenal insufficiency occurs when the adrenal glands simply do not make enough cortisol and sometimes they won't make enough aldosterone, another adrenal hormone that's made by the outside of the adrenal gland. It's got like two layers, it's the inside and then the outside. Anyway, symptoms of hypoadrenal function, we talked about some of them before, there's a few others, besides fatigue, muscle weakness, decreased appetite, and weight loss. And that's not the kind of weight loss you wanna have. The weight loss from adrenal insufficiency is a loss of organ mass. If you lose organ mass, you tend to die much earlier, and you tend to suffer from more than one degenerative disease. And adrenal insufficiency in medicine is treated with the hormones, like I just mentioned testosterone or DHEA, sometimes pregnenolone, but by... by, um, endocrinologists, the treatment of adrenal insufficiency is with the standard hormones, the androgens, which is DHA and testosterone. Now, a genetic condition called congenital adrenal hyperplasia also causes the adrenal glands to make too little cortisol or aldosterone and too much androgen. But If you're interested in the nitty-gritty details of, of adrenal endocrine physiology, you can listen to this show one more time. But suffice it to say that the adrenal glands are not working well in adrenal insufficiency that is associated either with low levels of hormone production, which you may or may not be able to measure on testing. It may not show. Or a person has normal levels of those hormones... But they're not getting into the cell due to that hormone, or I should say that cell receptor sensitivity problem we just talked about. So the levels in the blood or saliva look normal, but the person isn't getting the hormones in their their tissues, so they have all the low symptoms. That really confuses endocrinologists. I don't really know why, because endocrinologists do learn about uh, hormone resistance in medical school, but... um, yeah, it's just a, a phenomenon that I've seen where it's just very much underappreciated. So what happens is a person has all the signs and symptoms. You know, they're pretty textbook a hypoadrenal and they go to an endocrinologist and nothing is done ultimately. And then when they mention to the endocrinologist about using vitamin C to enhance adrenal function and these herbs or even the hormones that they like to prescribe, they hit the roof. <laughs> they hit the roof. Some of you out there know what I'm talking about. Well, let's talk about now the specific nutritional products that I would consider or I consider most often. So when I look back on my charting for those patients with low adrenal function, these are the things that came up the most. And you're, you're gonna think that some of them are um, different and odd. In other words, uh, if you are managing your own low adrenal function with the typical kind of cliche nutritional approach, that is used, because there's a lot of these standardized ways of approaching people in natural health as well as traditional medicine, you might not have thought of these nutrients first is what I'm trying to say. But I think after the explanation, you'll understand why I mentioned these. So um, the, the order of these nutrients that I'm gonna talk about right now that help improve adrenal function is not necessarily the order of like the most important of the nutrients. Again we have to look at an individual's needs. But these ones are often missed. So again, for those of us joining us, you're listening to Ask the Blood Detective. I'm Dr. Michael Wald. We're talking about everything adrenal glands. So the importance of adrenal glands in both health and disease and disease prevention. And we've talked in the first part of the show all about the hormone relationships to adrenals, the more common symptoms that are associated with low adrenals. We've talked about hormone insensitivity, and the importance of que- the appropriate full-body questionnaires for assessing whether or not you have low adrenal function, and also the knowledge that there is a difference between medical-defined hypoadrenalism and what those of us in natural health care, or at least I consider low adrenal function, which means the laboratory work looks normal even by the standards of an endocrinologist, but the person suffers from low adrenal function. And the thing about low adrenal function is you can suffer from those symptoms for uh, m- weeks, months, or years before testing may ever show any measurable problem. It, they may never show any measurable problem, but in the cases of the medically defined low adrenal condition, which is called Cushing's disease, and the other one, which is the hyperadrenal function, I'm sorry, the adrenal function caused, uh, called Addison's disease, The labs have to be abnormal, okay? So let me put it in another way. You could have a sensitivity to gluten, but all of your gluten sensitivity tests can be normal. But clearly, you will know if you have a sensitivity to gluten. In medicine, they laugh you out of the office, I find, often. But in, in my arena, in natural healthcare, the way I practice it, I am not relying solely on tests. Even though I identify myself as the blood detective, Tests are very important at different times, but tests are not perfect, and tests may not show everything. So we have to use our holistic common sense. So the first nutrient are probiotics. So the probiotic that you'll find on my website, my blood detective website, is called superbugs. I designed that the way that I did because there are specific types of probiotic organisms which are shown to accomplish a few really important things in a person or for a person that has some loss of adrenal function. So we know that probiotics are those healthy organisms, uh, lactobacillus, bifidobacterium, Saccharomyces boulardii, and there are others. I won't go over the details of what I have in my Superbugs product. You can take a look at that on the website, but probiotics do a few things that help the adrenal glands recover. Are they magic bullets? For some, but none of these supplements I'm talking about here are magic bullets. They're used in combination along with specific dietary and lifestyle changes that together can be the magic bullet for a lot of people, particularly for those with milder degrees of adrenal insufficiency or weak adrenals. So one of the things that probiotics does, as you know, is it cleans up a lot of toxins in the intestinal tract. Toxins can circulate in the body in their different forms, and that toxic load weakens the adrenal glands and, of course, many other glands. So obviously, if you can help detoxify toxins with probiotics, that's going to take stress off the adrenal glands. So if you think of the adrenal glands as, as someone that is lying on the ground with 10 people on top of them, and you have the stress on top of them of toxins and other hormonal stresses and electromagnetic stresses and psychological and emotional stress and physical stress and all these different stresses. But if you remove them one at a time, that person can get up and start to recover. So everything that you are exposed to in life will and does impact your adrenal glands. And the way that probiotics should be taken is important too. And the type of probiotics are important. In the Superbugs product, I have designed that for, for probiotics that help reduce toxicity in the gut itself, but also have a neurological effect that increase things like serotonin in the brain and serotonin in the intestinal tract, reducing anxiety and depression or just low mood. Probiotics have been shown to do this in studies, the right probiotics. And reducing and mitigating all those different types of influences upon the adrenal glands, helps the adrenal glands recover. So that's a use of, of probiotics that you, you may not have thought of in, in, in the adrenal recovery arena. In fact, I almost never see that adjusted. Now the dose of adrenal, I'm sorry, the dose of probiotics should be based upon at least your weight, as I keep saying, or your lean body tissue, and or the extent of your symptoms and other factors. And the, the probiotics must be taken with a protein. If you take probiotics with a protein, you can double their effectiveness. And then the probiotic dosing should definitely include at least one of your doses in the morning and probably 15 to 30 minutes before food. And the reason for that is more of the probiotic will make its way into the small intestine and then the colon. If you eat probiotics, the probiotic delivery might be a little slower, but I just mentioned having the probiotic with a protein because most individuals do not seem to reliably be able to take their probiotics 15 to 30 minutes before food. So there's a number of of ways that you can manage that, meaning that probiotics can be taken with or without food, ideally, 15 to 30 minutes before food in the morning, but the second dose should be with a protein, any kind of a protein. Whey protein, however, was the one that has been studied very well to double the effectiveness. Also, probiotics improve lots of other functions throughout the body. Probiotics are anti-inflammatories. They reduce the inflammatory load in the body. They reduce the inflammatory load upon the body. That means everyone, that they reduce the inflammatory stress load upon the adrenal glands. Probiotics reduce cardiovascular disease by lowering cholesterol. So they do that by helping the metabolism of fats. So by reducing the stress upon the body to metabolize fats, the probiotics take some of the stress off the body, thereby reducing the stress upon the adrenal glands. It all comes back to so the adrenal glands. Now, digestive enzymes and stomach acids and bile acid supports are extremely important to reduce stress upon the adrenal glands. Why? Well, for reasons that I think you know when you think about it. Number one, enzymes help your body digest food and also help your body assimilate and activate the nutrients in the foods. Anything that you can do to help your body reduce the efforts, the metabolic and physiologic and biochemical efforts it must take to digest the food, break it down, uh, disseminate it, activate the nutrients, is less stress upon the adrenal glands. So most individuals, well 50%, I should say, of individuals that are 60 years and older do not have enough stomach acid. If you don't have enough stomach acid, your body over time tries to make up for that low stomach acid to digest your proteins by increasing the function of the pancreas to make more protease enzymes, which are protein digesting enzymes. And then over time, because of that compensation and the fact that there's low stomach acid, the pH of the intestinal tract is unfavorably altered. It's put a stress upon the adrenal glands. The low stomach acid is a stress upon the adrenal glands the increased demand upon your pancreas to make pro, uh, protein digesting enzymes the proteases is a stress upon the adrenal glands and then because the environment within the intestinal tract is obviously different the pH is different the balance of organisms is different the leaky gut is happening the small intestine bacterial overgrowth is happening what happens with all of that is then the bugs are out of balance and you and then that all of these are simply put stressors upon the adrenals if you take the proper dose of stomach acids along with pancreatic enzymes and probiotics and i failed to mention just then with all of those digestive compensations that occur and are really present in most individuals that i've seen that are 50 and older but of course are there uh, younger than that tend to also involve stress upon the liver the liver senses all this stress too and uh, it will secrete More or higher levels of bile acids, which go from the gallbladder and they're fed right into the small intestine. But over time, all of that hyper compensation fatigues the body, and then a person ends up with adrenal fatigue, which looks like fatigue of all the other organs. Well, I should say, of some organs. And again, when I say fatigue of the other organs, the medical physicians listening that are new to holistic health listening to the show will be very confused. So let me clear this up for you. When I say fatigue of other organs, I am not talking about the medical condition that is very prominent in a hospital-based setting known as end-organ fatigue. That's when the organs of the body are shutting down. That occurs and is the initial uh, spark of of death. Uh, We're talking about a milder degree of organ fatigue, not failure. So when we talk about adrenal fatigue or adrenal insufficiency, once again, we're not talking about the extreme medical condition version of it, but everything in between. So if we, or if you were to take stomach acids, bile acids, pancreatic enzymes or the appropriate probiotics, you will reduce tremendous stress upon your gastrointestinal tract tremendous stress upon your immune system. Why? Remember, 70% of your immune system is in that small intestine, maybe even more. So you reduce stress upon that. And the enzyme, stomach acid, bile acid combination that I have, you'll find at Blood Detective, and it's called, under the supplement section, it's called Detox Enzyme Absorb, or Detox Absorb. And I will generally start people with the doses on the bottles if they ask me you know, how should I take and they're not a patient. But if I know someone, obviously, we can make the the dosing a lot different. So with a number of nutrients that I use, I have my patients undergo what's called a tolerance test. If I wanna know how much vitamin C they need, I can do a vitamin C tolerance test. I can do a stomach acid loading test, a probiotic loading test, a zinc taste test, I can do uh, an enzyme loading test. These are different ways to figure out more precisely what each individual needs. So I kept mentioning vitamin C, so let's talk about that. In my other shows, I've talked about how vitamin C uh, is stored in the body, the average individual, again, whatever that is, (laughs) but the average individual, the textbooks say, stores about two and a half grams of vitamin C a day in the body. That's 2,500 milligrams. And if you drink the equivalent of 60 milligrams of vitamin C a day in a glass of orange juice, that if you do that, you will kind of, it's said in medicine, you will keep that two and a half grams in the body, which it needs. Most of that vitamin C in the body is stored where, everyone? Yeah, you guessed it. Most of the vitamin C is stored in the adrenal glands. So if you are deficient in vitamin C or insufficient, you, your adrenal glands will not function optimally well. So I do a vitamin C loading test. At blooddetective.com, you'll see a product called Detox Eliminate. I have a patient take a level teaspoon of vitamin C, the buffered vitamin C powder, in two to three ounces of water, and they do that every 30 minutes until they get diarrhea, and then they stop. The point at which you get diarrhea is when your body's fully saturated, it is ready now, it's juiced up with vitamin C. And then any extra vitamin C came out through the stool and that means you're you're super saturated. And now what you need to do is, you continue with vitamin C powder every day, but not the amount that took you to get diarrhea because then you'd have diarrhea all the time. You wanna take the dose daily that occurred just before the dose that caused the diarrhea. If you have a question about this, email me at infoblooddetective.com. I will send you my vitamin C flush test instructions. This is fundamental for adrenal health because if you do not have proper saturation of vitamin C, then you're undermining all of your healing. And if you have a condition known as G6PD deficiency, you can't do this test. So, for those of you who don't know what G6PD deficiency is, don't worry about it because if you've never heard it, you probably don't have it but it's called glucose 6-phosphate dehydrogenase. If you have that deficiency and you take vitamin C, it can kill you. So, but if you've taken vitamin C before and you haven't, well, you're alive, then don't worry about it. Although I must give a disclaimer that if you do take any of the supplements that I'm mentioning, you're of course doing that uh, at your own risk. The information that I provide during the Ask the Blood Detective shows is to educate you and orient you towards health possibilities but not for you to just jump and do things. Now, let's talk about some, I'll go through these uh, more quickly. The the key herbs that, unless you have some contraindication to taking them, the combination of these particular herbs are extremely well studied for improving the output of adrenal hormones. This is real stuff. But you need to take, folks, you must take standardized herbs. Most store-bought nutritional products are simply not standardized. Anything you think you know about your supplements, and I'm generalizing here again, you have learned from the advertisers uh, that sell the supplements. So we know that the attorney, uh, the general attorney's uh, office, uh, about three, three four years ago, came out with a study where they looked at store nutrients and they found that most of them didn't even have what they said was in it on the label. So, You know, you need to go to a practitioner that you can trust to figure this out. So I am not, I mean, I take all my supplements and I make most of them. I make most of them because I do not want my patients taking anything other than pharmaceutical grade that have quality control measurements that are done by third-party assayers so we know that we're getting exactly what we're getting. And when it comes to the adrenal glands, you must know exactly what you're taking as you adjust your dosing you need standardization, otherwise your dosing is all over the place. So you kind of respond one week and not the other week and all kinds of craziness happens. You need to eliminate that confusion. So there there are herbs. One is called cordyceps mycelium. And this is a medicinal mushroom uh, popular in China. And that is extremely important for adrenal function. It also improves energy and sexual function. I have an endocrine uh, tincture which you'll find on blooddetected.com, which will have many of these herbs in them that I'm talking about. And also a product that I call Adrenal Base. And I'll use both of those products together because if a person really does have sluggish adrenal function, they need a few dozen different herbal and nutritional supplements synergists to cover sort of most or all of the bases for improving adrenal health. They need to take Panax Ginseng again, unless there's some contraindication why they, they won't. Because, um, I mean, that in, improves adrenal function, also erectile dysfunction, libido, blood sugar, it can boost immunity. Even sperm count, even intellectual performance has been increased by Panax ginseng. And a lot of those problems I just mentioned can be from low adrenals. So because we're short on time, again, I'm gonna going go a little bit faster. The erythrococcus centricosis, uh, particularly important for improving one's stress tolerance, important for dealing with the stress of chemotherapy, the stress of cardiovascular disease, other common conditions. There's ashwagandha, again super, super important for managing chronic stress, uh, insomnia, chronic inflammation, even anxiety. And there's uh, rhodiola and there's uh, a which is one of my favorites, which is known as licorice, and it helps the body recover or the adrenals recover from long-term stress. If you have hypertension, you do not want to be taking this without being supervised by a properly licensed uh, doctor. It's also antiviral and anti-infectious because chronic infections like chronic Lyme disease and chronic parasites and chronic fungal stress, that stresses the adrenal glands. Now, one of the hormones the adrenal glands make is DHEA, not DHA, DHEA. So DHEA is something that I use I have a product DHEA 25. I'll start with 25 milligrams in any individual who is of normal weight and go higher from there. And this helps to allow the adrenal some physiologic rest. When you're giving it the hormone it's not secreting well, it can recover. And then eventually I take my patients off the DHEA. But DHEA, super, super important. The other other, uh, products that are very important for adrenal function that most of the patients I see have not thought about before is the use of herbs for hormone balancing, like methane. So diindolemethane, you've heard about, and, and it's called DIM. Combining DIM with vitamin E and a particular type of fatty acid called phosphatidylcholine makes it super absorbable. And what it does is it helps the body to more favorably manage and recycle uh, hormones. So it takes hormonal imbalance stress off the adrenal glands. Not entirely, but partly. And then I would use a few other herbs. And again, all of the herbs I'm mentioning, you'll find in both my adrenal base and my endocrine tincture at the blood detective website. And if you don't find something you're looking for, just email me at info@blooddetective.com. But I've already mentioned erythrococcusenticosis or Siberian ginseng and how that is important for alleviating the stress of depression, the stress of stress, the stress of chronic health, but also kelp. So kelp is very important for the adrenals because as you know, it contains minerals such as iodine and, and others like magnesium, potassium, calcium, even iron that help thyroid function and the thyroid talks to the adrenals. And then this saw palmetto. This is something that most men know about for prostate but it's very important for adrenal function because it helps to balance testosterone levels. So I'll give you one more, astragalus. So astragalus is an adaptogenic herb. It's a traditional Chinese medical herb and basically, it's helping. it helps immune function, it helps improve stamina and energy, bile flow, appetite, digestion, all things that tend to be affected with low adrenal function. Well, that was quite a lot, I think. And uh, maybe even worth uh, listening again if you have any suspicions at all that you yourself might have hypoadrenal functions. I encourage you to listen to my uh, thyroid radio show because of its relationship to the adrenals that you'll find on my blog at my website, com. That's I-N-T-M-E-D-N-Y.com or blooddetective.com. Also look for the radio shows on the immune system and the digestive system and the toxins and the pH. These are fundamental for adrenal function. Adrenal function has everything to do with everything else (laughs) in addition to the adrenal function. My name is Dr. Michael Wald. You've been listening to Ask the Blood Detective and I hope you do join me and tell your friends about how the Blood Detective shows doesn't just throw a bunch of info at you, but we go round and about as we're having a conversation so you have a thorough understanding of how this stuff works and why it works so that you are a smarter healthcare consumer. You can reach me at 914-552-1442 if you want to work with me personally. And again, send me those radio show ideas at info at blooddetective.com. Thanks, everyone.